Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 264, and I think I'm going to call it the answer, question mark, five minute pickup. Um, so in, um, I've been working on a project. Oh, I want to make sure to go ahead and tell you guys that we're having plumbing work done. I think I've mentioned it. It's really expensive, crazy expensive. Um, and they are doing something and I'm, I'm trying to not think about what they're doing, but it involves some major digging and it's basically a, a pipe, um, that, is messed up under our house and we have a slab and we're in Texas and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, which means that the, um, way that the slab works is different. I don't know. I don't know. Our ground is, we can't have basements here. Does that make Does that help at all in the understanding? But like nobody has a basement where I live because they can't do a basement in our kind of ground. I think it's like rock or something. I don't know. Anyway, they are doing things. And so basically for the last week and a half, they've been digging. And most of the time, it's not that big of a deal. And then every once in a while, it's like this sound. Um, And so in case you hear any of that, it's not my stomach. (laughs) It's the digging. And thanks for listening to the podcast and supporting our sponsors so that we can pay for this plumbing. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, here we go. We are talking about various questions. So I had asked the people in the Patreon Facebook group, if you'd like to know more about being a patron of the show at the $5 level, you get to um, become a part of the super secret Facebook group. But if you would like to find out more about that, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash a slob comes clean. And I always put that in the show notes as well, a link to that. But um, so I'd asked in there four questions because my brain is just a little bit like lately. And so I needed some questions to answer for the podcast. And I'm calling this episode, um, you know, the answer is the five minute pickup or something like that, because that was the answer to at least four different questions within uh, this thing. So I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, as I was answering all those different things, I was putting them into a Word doc, I'll do another podcast where I answer some more of the questions. But I thought, you know, there's like four different times in here where in my notes, I've said, well, the answer is a five minute pickup. Well, the answer is a five minute pickup. And I thought, okay, well, what, what are some different questions where the answer is the five minute pickup? All right. So here we go. Do you have any tips for making sure you get completely unpacked from a trip in a timely manner? Are you curious how the answer to this question is going to be the five minute pickup? Um, so the real answer to this is, uh, by the way, sometimes when I ask for questions and people start giving me questions, I start to feel like, wait, I feel like these questions make it seem like I know all the answers to everything. And I really don't. This is mostly me just going, from my experience and also having thought about these things and laid out different strategies in my home over the past 11 years and written about it. Like, I feel like if I, even if I had lived for the 11 years, working on my own house, getting it to the point where it is now, I wouldn't necessarily be able to answer these questions except for the fact that I've written about it, which means I have like laid out steps and I have put together actual strategies and strategies into words. And that's the only reason I feel like I can answer these questions. But sometimes 
questions like this make me start to panic and go, I'm not perfect. I don't know everything in my house is not perfect, but whatever. Here we go. So the question was, do you have any tips for making sure, making sure, no, there's no way to make sure of anything. Uh, you can get complete or you get completely unpacked from a trip in a timely manner. So the the number one way that I manage this is having a designated place for my suitcases. Okay. Because, which I, I mean, you know, there's probably people listening going, how would you not have a designated place? But the reality is sometimes suitcases are these weird things because you don't use them all that often. You pull them out and it's like, oh, where should I put these suitcases? But when I, I have a designated place, so there's a, in my bedroom, I think I had talked about it different times on the blog, but when my mother-in-law uh, passed away and we cleaned out her assisted living apartment, she had a little wardrobe that was really kind of her her pride and joy and really was so useful in her little apartment because she had a lot of clothes, more than could fit in her closet. And they were important to her. So th- there was this little, I, I forget what kind of wood it is, but she always called it um, by its what type of wood it was, but maybe maple. I don't know. Anyway, this little wardrobe and and she loved that thing. Like it was something that she and my father-in-law had purchased when they first got married in their first apartment. And it really is, it's pretty. And, and so when it came down to it, um, you know, getting rid of stuff, I was like, oh, this is one of those things I really hate to get rid of. But I, I really, I made sure I had an actual spot and purpose for it in my home before I brought it home. And so what we ended up doing was we have this little space. It fits there perfectly. I measured it to make sure, um, in our bedroom that used to be where our, my husband's stereo system went, which, you know, stereo systems are not really the thing anymore, which is kind of funny. Um, but like as far as big speakers and things like that, but he did keep his turntable. Well, there was a little, um, shelf at the top where we used to have our TV, uh, like our big old boxy TV. There was a little shelf at the top and it's kind of like this cutout section of the wall. And so it's kind of a weird place anyway. Well, the top shelf, he put the turntable from his stereo system and that's all he kept up there. And then our CDs are up there. And then this wood wardrobe thing fits right in there. Okay. Because I had had some stuff that I was kind of putting in that spot anyway, that looked icky. But once we put that wardrobe in there, then those things can go in there. So that's like my camera and lighting equipment for um, YouTube videos and things like that. Where do y'all put your stuff for your YouTube videos? Um, I know a lot of y'all actually probably do do YouTube. Uh, But anyway, so that is there. Well, it also had room for most of our suitcases. If I put my smaller suitcases inside of my larger suitcases. Okay. So, I mean, it kind of takes a little bit of finagling, but I'm willing to do that because suitcases are something that I want to have easily accessible. Not that we've traveled much in 2020, but in general, you know, I travel on a somewhat decently regular basis, except for 2020. Um, and if my suitcases are in the attic, it just makes it too much of a hassle. It's a big deal to get it out of the attic, but it's a really big deal to get it put back in the attic, you know, because our attic is not something that we access by stairs. It's like a pull this thing out of the ceiling and then bring these, um, bring the ladder down and all this. And it just, it it just is not something that it's something that's easy to put off mentally. Okay. 
So um, I, I liked having, you know, I was putting my suitcases over in this spot anyway. Now they're in this designated space. So having a designated space to put suitcases away, but where does the five minute pickup come into this? Well, the five minute pickup is a daily focused five minutes of putting things away. And I am telling you, it will clear the slob vision, the clutter blindness, whatever you want to call it, it will clear that because it's five minutes of basically going, what do I need to pick up and put away? And when I have a designated five minutes, the timer has been set. This is what I'm doing for the next five minutes. When I have that, my brain goes, oh, well, I need to put the suitcases away. Well, if I'm going to actually put them away, not just shove them to the side of the room up against the wall, which is what, you know, I kind of used to do. If I'm going to put them away where it's not a big enough hassle like the attic where I'm going to put it off, but it is going to take some finagling and, you know, to get them into this wardrobe thing, then I'm going to make sure there's nothing in there. It's a, it's a time where it forces me to just kind of wake up and go, because it's really not a matter of, I wanted to leave anything in the suitcase. I want it. It's really simply a matter of just thinking to do it, you know, as opposed to it sitting there. Because when before, you know, when I didn't have a designated place for my suitcases, well, and they were shoved up against the side of the wall, I, you know, I could get to those anytime. So it doesn't actually, you know, it's, it's not forcing me to make sure that everything is out of there. Okay. So the five minute pickup comes in because, you know, I am really good, even though I have a designated place for something, I'm really good at leaving it in the middle of the floor and then living out of that for who knows how long. But because I have a five minute pickup, which is a Dana, wake up, look at your house, see what you can pick up and put away that solves that problem of me just going on living and letting it sit there and it doesn't bother me. See what I'm saying? Okay, let me tell you about one of this podcast's sponsors, Third Love. Wearing real clothes as you leave the house can be quite the shock to your system after months of not really wearing real clothes. So I've been so thankful for my super comfortable Third Love bra lately, as a few things have actually resumed in our lives, which means I actually have to leave the house some. If you're concerned about ordering a bra online, don't be. Third Love's Fit Finder quiz is the perfect answer for that concern. Not sure about your size? Take Third Love's online Fit Finder quiz to find the size and styles that are right for you. A few simple questions will help you find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. And if it doesn't work for you, Third Love offers a perfect fit promise. They stand behind their products. If you don't love it, Every customer has 60 days to return. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 10% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash clean now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash clean for 10% off today. So real quickly, the five minute pickup is one of my four daily tasks that will totally change how your function, your house functions. Like it will completely, I mean, 
it's the thing to keep you on track. And the five minute pickup is one of the number one things that I recommend. Like if you can't do anything else, do the five minute pickup. Uh, well, actually do the dishes and the five minute pickup, but the five minute pickup is literally what it says it is, which is set the timer for five minutes, pick stuff up and put it away. Um, it's not a decluttering time. It's not a whatever. It's just picking stuff up and putting it away. Now, as you do it every day and you realize that there's a day where, oh, I'm actually done with the basic picking up in three minutes. Well, then you have two minutes to say, okay, then I'm going to tackle this spot here that's gathered clutter and I'm going to throw away some trash from that. Okay. So it's, it's just five minutes a day. It's also the greatest thing to bring your family in on. In the beginning, it's not going to be fun. They're going to have all these excuses of, you know, and they may not believe you because they may think that if you're making them pick up that grandma's coming and they're like, well, who's coming over? Well, nobody's coming over. We're just going to do this. Well, why? Blah, blah. I mean, really, it's just, it's reality of motherhood, right? So it, it may take time to train them, but once they really true, first of all, truly, first of all, do believe that you really do only mean five minutes. Like you're literally not going to make them get it perfect. You're just having them pick up, pick things up and put it away for five minutes, you know, and you've earned your credibility that I, I'm not trying to trick you into two hours of deep cleaning. I'm really just saying five minutes, um, you know, and they start to realize you mean business and we really are going to do this. I can't, um, you know, complain and procrastinate that she enough that she gives up, you know, I mean like all those things, once you've earned your credibility over this thing, then it becomes, you know, 25 minutes worth of work in five minutes if five people are all picking stuff up and putting it away. Okay. So the five minute pickup is, is so key to life. The other thing to remember is it's five minutes, even in the beginning. So like doing the dishes, the first time you do them, and then you're going to start doing them every single day. The first time it's going to take a long time if you haven't done the dishes in several days, because you have to get them all the way done. But the five minute pickup is really, truly five minutes. Okay. So even if your house is a total, complete disaster, spend five minutes picking stuff up and put it in, putting it away. Okay. It's going to be a little bit better. It's going to be nowhere near done. But then the next day, do another five minutes. And the next day, do another five minutes. And you're going to start to see a big difference until you get to the point where five minutes actually gets it basically to being just great. All right. Um, okay. So the point is having that five minute stop everything and do that. I don't do them at the same time every day. I don't even do them every single day. I do a five minute pickup when I think of it. If the house is really kind of extra stressful, I might do three in a day, you know, but doing a five minute pickup at some random time when it occurs to you, go ahead and stop everything, do a five minute pickup that will trigger these things that otherwise just sit there forever. Okay. And suitcases are one of those things that's really easy to sit there forever. Okay. I also, you know, I have gotten to the point where, um, and I, I guess it's because of the, you know, you hear things about bed bugs and everything, but I, I've gotten to the point where I basically will just wash everything when I come home from a trip. I also don't pack near as much as I used to. I used to over, over, over pack. And now I almost kind of underpack sometimes, but I just, even if I'm not for sure, if I can't remember if I wore that or I know I didn't wear it, I will go ahead and wash it anyway, just because of that, which not picking and choosing which things, you know, are taking this out and then deciding this goes here and this goes here, all clothes come out and go, um, into the washing machine. Um, I had a couple questions on this. It's a statement. It's not questions. 
I'm so good at this, right? Anyway, I would love tips on knowing when you are actually over your clutter threshold versus not just putting stuff away after using it. So the putting stuff away after using it is one of my big problems. You know, I just, I don't generally have an awareness of when something leaves my hand and gets placed on some random surface surface. Okay. So, so I just want to acknowledge, you know, I'm not going to criticize that because that's me too. Okay. So what, when do you know if you're over your clutter threshold versus not just putting stuff away after using it? So definition of clutter threshold is the amount, um, at the point at which you have only what you can keep under control easily in your home. So it's different from ev- for everyone. And this is the clutter threshold is the reason why you and your friend can decorate a room. Like you could literally decorate a room with the exact same items, style, paint, furniture, everything's the same. And hers looks like a magazine and yours looks like a thrift store. You know, it's kind of like I talked about in my um, podcast where I talked about when when I decorated my living room and I had my friends come over and help me. I was very, because they have such cute stuff in their house. Oh my goodness. They have such cute stuff in their house, but they have displays like of all these different things and there's on their fireplace and it's like so neatly put on there and it's just arranged just so to look perfect. And I had to tell him, guys, I can't do that in my house. I love it in your house, but a display with a bunch of different little things is not going to work for me in my house because it's going to morph into clutter, which makes me, I've been thinking a lot. Did y'all listen to the one with the nester? I don't know. I was listening to part of it and I was like, Dana, you are talking way too much. I don't know what my problem was. But anyway, I hope y'all liked it. I hope you got to understand how great she is. But one of the things she talked about was having one big item as a focal point instead of um, a bunch of little things. And I was like, yes, that's clutter threshold right there. Like I can, I like one thing that look makes it look nice, but a whole bunch of little things, I personally can't handle it. There's nothing wrong with having that. Okay. But you have to be able to handle it. Okay. So, so anyway, that's your clutter threshold is the amount of stuff that you personally can have in your home and keep under control. Not just talking about decorating, but also talking about, you know, how far ahead can you buy your kids clothes? Because can you personally keep it under control? Like, you know, if you go to garage sales, I remember when my kids were a little bitty and I had to stop myself at like, okay, this is the size that's the biggest I can buy for them because, um, and this was before I had my house under control at all, but I was buying so many clothes and I'm like, I can't just buy clothes for 10 years from now because it was getting so out of control. I should have stopped a lot sooner than I did, but I think I made, I think my kids were like two and I was buying clothes up to size five or something like that. Um, but some people can buy that stuff ahead, keep it neatly put away, remember where it is, get it out, switch things out, blah, blah, blah. And then there's me. I could not handle having that much stuff in my house, like, because it just exploded because I already had too many clothes of the size that they were in right now, which then took up all this closet room and I didn't have any space for this stuff that, you know, so it's you personally, what can you personally keep under control? That's your clutter threshold. So the question is, how do you know when you're over your clutter threshold versus just not putting stuff away after using it? Well, the answer is the five minute pickup. Does the five minute pickup cut it or not? If you have met your clutter threshold, a daily five minute pickup should get you back to pretty much, you know, 
having your main areas under control. Okay. If in order to actually get the main area picked up, and I'm not talking about cleaned and perfect and blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying basically under control. If to get your living area under control, it's 45 minutes of picking stuff up and moving things and putting things away, you're way over your clutter threshold. But if five minutes, if the five minute pickup cuts it, like, okay, we can do a five minute pickup as a family and the house is pretty much under control. Well, then you're living under your clutter threshold. Okay. Because the the five minute pickup is there for this natural tendency. So many of us have who struggle with this to not put stuff away after we use it. Okay. It's, it's like, I can beat myself up over how frustrating it is that I don't put something away after I use it. How frustrating it is that you know, the can opener goes in that drawer. And for some reason, I left it on top of the counter outside of the drawer, you know, like, like that is irritating, right? I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm so big on don't talk smack about your family (laughs) in our community, because those irritating things, that's what I do, right? And that's what a lot of my listeners, a lot of those of y'all listening, that's what we do. We're the irritating ones. We're the ones and we're irritating to ourselves. I mean, I am like, seriously, why did I not just take that, you know, bowl to the kitchen after eating ice cream or something or whatever? The five minute pickup is the remedy for this natural tendency that's very frustrating. And it's one of those things where well, you shouldn't have to do that. Well, guess what? This is real life and we do what we have to do. Okay. I mean, frustrating or not, the five minute pickup solves the problem. Okay. So that is the answer to this. If, if a five minute pickup is not cutting it, is not making your house pretty much, doesn't have to be perfect, but pretty much back to being under control, then you need to get rid of your stuff. Okay. So, so instead, and the other thing to remember is that you cannot predict your own clutter threshold. You can't predict someone else's clutter threshold. The only way to know what your clutter threshold is, is to declutter until at some point you randomly go, oh, my house is staying under control a whole lot more easily. Like that's how you find it. And so if this question is asked because you thought you found it and yet your house is still out of control, really focus on those five minute, well, focus on the five minute pickups anyway, but focus on that five minute pickup and see, is this making a difference? You know, is this getting things to where it needs to be? If not, I need to keep decluttering. But, but if you're asking the question as a way to, because you're trying to sit down and think and figure out your clutter threshold before you've actually started decluttering, you need to start decluttering. Okay. Let's talk about another one of this episode's sponsors, BetterHelp. 2020 has been hard and it seems like hard things keep on happening. We're facing challenges we couldn't even have imagined a year ago. If you're struggling with your mental health, I encourage you to check out BetterHelp. It allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor from home. 
in a safe and private online environment. That means you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp has U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear it's not a crisis line. Your struggles may be different from the ones that your neighbors are facing. Through BetterHelp, you have access to a broad expertise in the network so you can address your unique needs. You're not limited to what's only available in your local area. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can check out testimonials posted daily on their site. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash clean. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Okay, let's talk about this sponsor, Ritual. I try to eat right, but sometimes you need a little extra boost to stay healthy. Ritual's essentials have the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from food, all in their clean, absorbable forms, no shady additives. Here's what I personally like about Ritual. This one is a little bit shallow, but it's real. The bottle's pretty, really. The next one is a little bit childish maybe, but also beyond real and totally necessary for me. They don't make me gag. The pills smell minty and that makes it so much easier for me to swallow. Here's what one of y'all, my listeners, had to say about her experience with Ritual. I've been taking them for two years. It eliminates me having to take multiple individual vitamins and the omega-3 is easy to digest with no aftertaste. Ritual is delivered. No walking the grocery store aisles to find the perfect solution. A subscription is easy to start and it's easy to snooze. It's only a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients your body needs delivered every month. No strings attached. Better health doesn't happen overnight. And right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash clean to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash clean. R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash clean. Okay. Now this one is one that there's, there's better people to listen to on this subject than me. And it's talking about, you know, it's basically talking about our schedules at home these days. Um, and the question is, are your kids schooling from home? No, mine are not. They've been back for, I think, two weeks now. They were schooling from home for, I think, three, four weeks, something like that. And then obviously last spring, which was bananas. Um, okay, so if so, how has that changed your daily habits and general home upkeep? I find we have such little structure each day because days are all so different. They school. Okay. This is we, I'm switching pronouns at some random points. We school from home two to three days a week and go to school or work two days a week. I'm having such a hard time sticking to a schedule routine. So I'm having trouble with remembering to do the tasks each day. Um, so I had five minute pickups, you know, as, as a thing, as a transitional awkward pause kind of a thing. Um, here's now, obviously this is, 
this is tough, you guys. I mean, this is a legitimate challenge that there are a lot of you out there who are doing this that did not have this inner drive to homeschool your kids. You know what I mean? Like this is, it, this is hard. I mean, it's a, it, and you'll ask the moms who do have the inner drive, who are passionate about homeschooling their kids. They talk about these type things all the time too. Okay. I have a lot of, um, a lot of my blogging friends are homeschool bloggers. And I'm like, so I've seen the stuff that they've written. This is a conversation that goes on no matter how much you do or don't want to be in this situation, no matter how much this is a dream come true versus your worst nightmare. I mean, like this is a legitimate challenge. So I want to make sure you understand that you're not crazy or whatever, you know, like you're not failing because this is a challenge. This is a legitimate challenge. Um, the thing that now, again, my kids are older now. And so that made them doing online school a lot easier on me because they were pretty self-sufficient, you know, and the other thing too, is sometimes you are just completely out of control as far as when they're having, you know, live learning versus when they can just work on things and get ahead or whatever, as much as you're able looking for, you know, time blocks, basically, okay, this is this time of day, and it might be different for different kids whose energy levels or focus levels are different at different times of day. Um, But you know, finding, you know, we're going to do this time block in the morning, you know, we're going to have breakfast. And then for these two hours, you guys are going to work on your stuff. Um, I know for my kids, there were certain days of the week where they had told them you're not going to have any live stuff. I think it was on Mondays or something. And I think for the younger kids, it was they would have stuff live in the morning. And then in the afternoons was, you know, working on different things. So, you know, going with that and say, okay, where are the awkward pauses in these days? And let's do a five minute pickup, you know, like this is part of our day. And maybe that five minute pickup is where you are cleaning up the kitchen or something or loading the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher, whatever. And maybe it's assigned things. Um, But I I just want to say the five minute pickup, when you don't know what else to do, and especially when you're really wanting to get your kids involved, the five minute pickup is the way to go. Okay. Um, Another question that we have is how to help your kids find their own clutter threshold. The answer is the five minute pickup. (laughs) That's part of the answer. Okay. Um, So let's talk about a kid's clutter threshold. First of all, um, I think it's important to understand that the best way when we're talking about various family members, clutter thresholds, we talk about um, finding the lowest common clutter threshold in shared areas. Okay. So with a kid's clutter threshold, finding their own personal, I'm talking, we're talking more about their personal space. Now, different ones of you have different numbers of kids, different shared spaces, whatever. So, you know, if they're sharing a room with, you know, one sibling, two siblings, whatever, um, you know, it's going to be the lowest common clutter threshold for that. Okay. So we're looking for the point at which this space that is kind of theirs to maintain, obviously you're the mom. And so you, um, you know, are helping them with that, but, and helping them learn how to do that. But this space is where they need to find their clutter threshold. So the key to finding a clutter threshold is to keep decluttering. You know, if it is consistently getting out of control, there's too much stuff in it. So keep decluttering, do a declutter and, oh, they love it. They're having so much fun, blah, blah, blah. And yet it's going back to being a disaster and going back to being a disaster and going back to being a disaster. 
and a five minute pickup doesn't even make a dent after we already decluttered. Okay. So we decluttered, we're trying to maintain it with the five minute pickups and we just can't in those five minutes. Well, keep decluttering, take some more stuff out, take some more stuff out, you know, finding, you know, and and talking to them about it. I think, you know, explaining, you don't have to use the word clutter threshold, but use like, Oh, this space is all you love it when it's cleaned up. It's so much fun, you know, really celebrate the fact when you do a decluttering session and it's all lovely in there and they're having so much fun, really own that and celebrate that. Work on the, you know, the habit of the five minute pickup to get things back under control. And every time you do that, you know, talk about, oh, wow, this is a lot to clean up today. Wow. We just, wow, there's this much left that we have to do after these five minutes, man, well, I guess we need to get rid of some more stuff because there's more stuff in here than you can handle. You know, we want this space, we want it to be under control so that it's more fun to play in here. You know, that kind of thing. Um, just have the conversations, not just the word clutter threshold and make them go, I don't know what she's talking about. But, you know, the concept behind it. Talk about, you know, I how you personally have to f- get rid of stuff. It's, if something is consistently out of control, and driving you crazy, well, then it's clutter, you have too much stuff, you know, so acknowledging that too much stuff is the problem. And that it will be easier to maintain, it will be more fun to play in when they do that. So the five minute pickup is the key, because you got to keep decluttering to the point where your level of stuff in there and your five minute pickups actually match, you know, like that, that becomes the key in there. Okay, and here we go. I'm not for sure if this one is a perfect five minute pickup answer, but we're going to go ahead and answer it anyway. Uh, the question is our question statement, whatever I am struggling with how to decide what to declutter next. I have most of the visible areas, mostly under control. We have a lot of drawers, cabinets, closets, etc. Recently I've started with smaller drawers because a little victory helps my motivation. However, I get overwhelmed by what I have left and then get paralyzed at the thought of doing a larger area. Okay. So talking about the visibility rule here, um, the visibility rule is when you are trying to figure out what to declutter first, you start with the most visible area. I do say, and everybody was like, well, what about this? I'm like, no, the area that's most visible to guests entering your home. Um, And the reason for that is if you start in some random drawer and the whole house is a wreck and then somebody comes to the front door and you say, I've been decluttering all day and they look around and they go, Oh, really? Because your house is a total disaster, what they're seeing of it. Um, it's really defeating. Like it will zap your decluttering energy and your future desire to declutter real fast. So instead, we start at these most visible areas and we keep moving from there. So this person is saying most of the visible areas are under control. So what is next? There's drawers, cabinets, closets. She started with smaller drawers because a little victory helps, but gets overwhelmed by what there is left. Um, Start in those visible areas and start, you know, go with the, the less visible parts of those areas. So the drawers or the cabinets or the closets that will make maintaining your visible progress easier. Okay. So as you do your five minute pickups, if you are consistently, you know, this random item needs to go in this drawer and that's always kind of a pain for me to get it in there because I always have to kind of move things around to shift and get it 
into this spot um, to be able to close the drawer, we'll start with that. Like what will make maintaining visible progress easier? And analyze that according to what spaces are you opening up and closing the most during your five-minute pickups. Okay, so I'm going to answer one last question. Okay, it's two questions that I'm going to pair together because I think they're really important to talk about together. And they specifically have to do with forgetfulness and also with helping our kids be responsible. Okay. So I'm going to answer, I'm going to ask these two together. So I feel like we've talked a lot about, you know, kids in this podcast. So I think it's one um, that makes sense to talk about. So anyway, so here are the two questions. Here's question number one. Do you feel like you forget things easily or need 12,000 reminders for one task? For example, a friend asked me to pick up her son after school when I got my daughter and I was terrified I would forget. Even if I set a reminder, I can forget in those five minutes afterwards what I'm supposed to be doing. I also feel like I need a constant refresher for how to manage my home and my life. Otherwise, I forget all the little epiphanies I've had. And then she had gone on to say that's why she likes to listen to the podcast because it just keeps that stuff fresh in her mind. So just real quickly on that, my answer is I set a lot of reminders in my phone. I will set um, not just a calendar reminder, but I do a lot of alarms, Okay, so you can set an alarm and you can go into the edit of the alarm and it will let you say what day it actually makes you say every Thursday you're going to have this go on. Well, I go ahead and do every Thursday. If I know if I get asked on Tuesday to pick somebody up on Thursday, I will go set the alarm and just set it to be for every Thursday and then I'll just turn it off or I'll turn it off the next Thursday when it goes off and it doesn't apply anymore. But I set those alarms because an alarm allows me to snooze it as opposed to just stopping it where if it comes up on my calendar, I might forget. Like I might go on with my day and not remember that I, you know, just saw that. But if I do the alarm, then I will keep snoozing it and it drives my family crazy. But I'm like, guys, I'm going to completely forget this if I don't do this. So that's one of the things I do. Um, as far as needing a constant refresher for how to manage your home and your life, otherwise you forget all the epiphanies. Um, I get that. Like, like I do. And I think most likely, uh, you're in a phase of life and especially with the stress right now of just, life and the world and humanity. I mean, it's a stressful time, which increases for me, my tendency to forget to do things to get tunnel vision to to not realize what's going on until it's, you know, too wrong. Anyway. um, And unfortunately, my answer is just to accept reality and whatever it takes is whatever it takes. If it takes listening to the audiobooks, how to manage your home without losing your mind and decluttering at the speed of life again and again and again, then do that. You know, if it takes, uh, you know, accountability within the super secret Patreon Facebook group, you know, like posting your before pictures and, you know, showing all your progress pictures, all that kind of stuff, whatever it takes is whatever it takes. I, I find, and this is one of those things where I finally started making progress when I kind of got over myself, you know, like I got over all this. I wish I wasn't this way. I wish that it was easier for me. I wish that these things that don't seem to stress other people out didn't stress me out. Like I I, I wish. And yet I go wishing sometimes just makes it harder because then I'm not only having to deal with the problem, I'm having to deal with the problem and I'm mad, you know? And so when I just said, well, it's just what I have to do. 
you know, and, and there occasionally will be people in your life who are going to be like, why do you have to do that? Why don't you just remember? And you're like, I don't like you. Um, but then you also will meet a lot of people who are like, yeah, that's what I do. That's how I manage it. You know, like this is, this is how I survive. I, I mean, whatever it takes is whatever it takes. Okay. Accepting your reality, going with that. Um, I, I just want to validate that you are not the only one who feels that way. Okay. Like at all, but I'm going to pair this with another question which is I'm trying to figure out how to make older kids responsible for chores like cleaning the bathroom, running the dishwasher, et cetera, without me having to hound them and supervise them. And then the question to me is how did you make that transition to more responsibility with chores when your kids got older? I The reason I paired these two is that there are those of us who are grown adults who need all kinds of reminders that we feel like we shouldn't need. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why I talked about the first question first. I feel like, why am I this way? Like, why, why, why is this so hard for me? Why can't I just remember? Blah, 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 blah. And so I pair that with this one about getting older kids to be responsible for chores. I want my kids to want to do all of this. Guess what my mom wanted for me? For me to want to do, you know, keep everything under control and do what I was supposed to do. Guess what I was not good at? That. Okay. And, and it's also just, I am no parenting expert. I am no teenager expert, but what I know is like, what's important to me is not necessarily what's important to them. I mean, they're kind of living their own, they, they've got their own, you know, identity. And that's part of being a teenager is figuring out this identity. That's not just based in the, what your parents always told you to do. You know what I mean? And so I don't have some great answer for how to change your kids and what they care about, but I do have that same answer, which is to accept reality and whatever it takes is whatever it takes. For me, my main frustration in my kids not remembering to do something that they were supposed to do, sometimes even when I have just reminded them to, or not doing it the way that I have taught them to do it all of that kind of stuff. My main frustration is that I forget to remind them. Like I'm not perfect. I am the one who their whole lives still on to now. I have to have all these extra outside ways to remind myself to stay focused, to do what I need to do. And so having to remind them is just one more responsibility that then I forget to do. And that's my actual real frustration with my kids not doing these things. And in reality, it's not, and this is my house, completely different in your house. And you may be talking about something different, but I'm just saying from my perspective, it's not fair for me who needs all these extra outside ways to remind myself to do things, to keep myself on track, to then expect them to be perfect at it. Okay. And not just because they haven't seen me necessarily be perfect at it, but also just because they're their own humans. And so the reason I paired these things two to get these two things together is that it both, both of them come down to accepting reality. And, you know, I, I just, I haven't found a way to make my teenagers be completely self-sufficient on keeping the house perfect at all. I mean, I just haven't, but what I work on is me finding ways to help remind myself to be consistent 
in having them do these things. And the more that we do that, every once in a while, there'll be one where it's like, oh, that kid is doing such and such, and I'm not having to remind that kid anymore. That's awesome. Now, it's few and far between, and you can't predict it, and it's going to be a surprise when it happens. But it ultimately comes down to me having to put things into my life to help me be consistent in the reminding and the checking. And and you know, I mean, you also may just have to find what motivates them. It may be the loss of such and such, you know, that they don't get to do because they didn't do the job they needed to do beforehand. It might be, you know, money. I don't know. Um, you know, this is, I'll pay you this much to do this. I mean, we have, you know, some things like that that we do around here. So anyway, I just said, you know, habits for me, even after 11 years of working on this publicly, even after fully getting it to the point where I write books, it habits are still not automatic for me personally. So I can't expect my kids for them to be automatic for them either. We can work on it together. You know, I can work on it in me in my reminding and, you know, try to work on it with them. But I mean, I I guess what I'm saying is I totally get your frustration. I totally understand what you're talking about. But I don't know that there's a perfect answer. I mean, I, here's the thing. I have known people who talk like their kids do everything perfectly. Usually once I get to know either them or their kids a little bit better, I find out they were not really telling the truth. I, I mean, really, there's just, there's no such thing as a perfect person. There's just not, and there's really no such thing as a perfect teenager either. So, um, cause none of us are perfect cause that's reality, right? So, um, I have to view it as my job is to make sure that things happen. If that means getting my kids to do it, then my job is getting my kids to do it. Okay. So I have to have reminders to remind my kids to do it, getting them to do it and checking up to make sure it gets done. So I always think about, you know, the term home management, management is the key word. Like if you think about a fast food restaurant that does or doesn't have good management, if the fast food restaurant is dirty and gross, I mean, who is it that you know it's their fault? Is it the teenagers working behind the counter? Yeah, it's their fault. But ultimately, it's the manager's fault, right? The manager is the one who has to put things into place, make sure it's being done, hold people accountable, double check work, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's just the reality of things. So I'm sorry. I know that's never the I mean, I, so many of these things, especially anytime when it has to do with parenting or relationships or something, it basically never comes down to some super easy, just do this and everything will be fine answer. I mean, that's just not. And so I'm guaranteeing that a lot of you listening who've either been through it or who are currently in it would have great things to add to this conversation. Leave them in the comments on the on the um, podcast of things that you've done to work. But but don't try to tell us it's perfect because I won't believe you. Anyway. Um, oh, I think that's it. All right. So I will uh, talk to you guys next week.